Welcome to the Virtual Antics Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs streamline their business to six figures and beyond. These short, sweet, and info-packed episodes will inspire, educate, and leave you feeling motivated to take one more step forward in your business. So put down your never-ending to-do list, because in this podcast, we are interviewing the best of the best in the entrepreneurial world as they spill their secrets to success. This podcast is sponsored by Nandora, the all-in-one software for entrepreneurs to grow their business with unlimited landing pages, automations, emails and text campaigns, and so much more. I'm your host, Natalie Guzman. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to the Virtual Antics Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Guzman. And today I am so excited. I have Caleb on the call. He is a 25-year-old entrepreneur with a bachelor and master's degree. He is a marketing consultant here to talk to us about marketing strategy. Welcome, Caleb. How are you doing today? Thanks, Natalie. Appreciate you having me on. This is very exciting for me. I'm so excited to have you. So you're 25 years old, bachelor's and master's degree, which is insane. Definitely making me <laughs> feel a little bit as like an underachiever, but... Yeah. How so? How did you do accomplish so much at twenty five years old? And how did you get into marketing? So I was a nerd, so that's what helps. Uh, just kidding. No. So I was actually uh, lucky enough to be homeschooled, so I was able to do some like concurrent classes when I was in high school. And my mom really like pushed me to you know actually achieve and things like that. So um, thankfully, due to her, I was able to graduate and everything. So um, got into school and realized that there's so much behind marketing. Um, I mean, I'm sure you see this on a daily basis, but, you know, the consumer behavior element of this, um, you know, the, the insights that you can get from the customer, not not just the, we put a Facebook ad out there, or, you know, you see like a TV commercial, like a Ford, you see a Ford F-150 commercial and you're like, man, how did they like build that like scene? And like, what did they do? And why are they doing it? So um, I've really found this big interest behind like the insights behavior of like, why do people, you know, advertise the way that they do? And like, what are they building the message around? Um, so that's what really got me into it. And then here I am a couple of years later um, and still doing it on a daily basis. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, I am a data analytics girl. I love looking at data and comparing it. You know, that's one of the reasons um, in the beginning, I think my episodes for this podcast were like 45 minutes long. And I realized right at the 20 minute mark, everyone dropped off. And I was like, okay, I got to make them 20 minutes, I guess. And it worked. So I love how we can learn from data and kind of um, you know, tailor our business towards what the data is telling us. And people that aren't looking at data, uh, do you feel like they're definitely like missing a huge opportunity? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so like there's the common analogy, and I think it gets overused now, but you know, like everyone talked about how like data is more valuable than oil and you know, all this. And I, I think it's really important that we identify like obviously there's a lot of data that you can read and sometimes it can mislead you. I mean, you know, you can see it and it's like maybe you're maybe you know, you looked at that podcast and it's like it worked out for you, it worked out well, but maybe like you didn't have the right audience members where like they just weren't the right target. So after 20 minutes, they were like, all right, we're just like listening for you, but now we're not. So then sometimes people like read that and like, we can never do another 45 minute episode ever again because no one will listen. And then maybe like, maybe your audience shifts back to that. So obviously I think data is really important, but I think then it's like, how do you shape data to like actually inform your decision-making? Ooh, that is a really interesting point. Cause when I looked at that, I was like, a data, like data was my main focus, right? So I went very analytical with my decision, but you're saying come at it from more of like a consumer behavior position. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I think there's like an element of like analytics that like, obviously like you see your drop off rate at 20 minutes. Like, okay, there is a key point here that like yeah. after between 20, 20 to 45 minutes, like no one's really listening, but 
then look at it from like a holistic view of like, what could you add for the next 15 minutes, like to like continue to extend your podcast, but maybe that's not like your focus as well. So that's where like from a holistic standpoint is like, what do your customers want? Maybe it's the content, maybe it's how you message things. So it's always fascinating because obviously data can always tell a story. And again, it's up to your interpretation on how you actually want to, to use that data. Ooh, very good point. So if we're looking at data, and then this could be the podcast example, it could be any type of data, but how do we know what right de- what's the right decision or what decisions should we make? Should we be retesting often? Like when we look at data, how do we make a decision is basically what I'm asking. So yeah, there's like in, in my mind, there's two forms of thinking. So one, you have like this form of thinking where, you know, you kind of look at the data. And I think the first step of that is like making sure that you have enough data. You know, like if let's say let's continue on your podcast example. If we're looking at like five listeners and you're like we have five listeners. I know you have more than that, but um, we have five listeners that's, you know, they drop off at 20 minutes. Well, then if you make that decision and cut it short based on that, well, what about a hundred listeners that maybe they're different? So there's always that piece of like having enough data. But then on the other side, like when you have enough data looking at it and saying like, okay, my drop off rates for the podcast are 20 minutes. Is there, you know, like kind of looking at it from holistic view of like, is there a certain topic Or do I like start to like go into this like rant at 20 minutes where it's kind of like people just kind of lose interest or like, is there any other correlation outside of like people just don't want to listen that they drop off? So there's that frame of thinking of like, what can I look from a holistic standpoint of like from the data, like all of the factors, do I sneeze at 20 minutes that throws people off? Do I, you know, do I talk about, do I, do I do a sponsorship in 20 minutes, you know? And so you can see like maybe people don't want sponsorship. So there's one way of thinking about it, but then the other way of thinking about it is like continuously monitoring that. So you make the decision, you kind of go with it. And then what are you seeing? Like, are you seeing people make it or to the entire episode now? Like, can you extend it by two minutes and see if like people continue to listen and like retrain them to think 45 minute episodes? So obviously there's two frames of thinking. You can combine and marry both, but there's that frame of like, you make the decision, you kind of live with it or hey, let's make the decision, then let's continually monitor it and move from there. Yeah. And you know, something you said earlier that um, was like bells in my head is sample size, right? So that's when you're talking about the five people, but maybe you should be testing 100 people. And a lot of times what I see with entrepreneurs is we're not testing a large enough sample size, like they'll run a $5 ad and be like, I have all the data I need now to make a great ad. And I'm like, no, you need a really good sample size and it needs, and your sample size isn't just about the number of people. It's also about how long you're doing it for too. Um, and so that's one of the things I love about data analytics is that you can really, you know, once you understand sample size, you're able to monitor and make decisions based off of that. What other um, common mistakes do you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to um, marketing? So I, perfect example, that ad spend analogy, I think marketing is so accessible now that anyone can do it. And so not not like digging on anyone that does $5 ads, like not at all. But we there's just like this common misconception that like the accessibility of how easy and cheap it is to run ads. You're like, I could run, you know, like we talked to business owners, like I've literally had a conversation where they've looked at hiring their services. We've come in and they're like, we do ads a lot. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, what are you looking at? Like, um, you know, like conversion rates, like things like that. And like, well, really not converting a lot. And I think we have some issues. And I was like, okay, great. Like, let's dive into that. You know, how much are you spending? How many ads are you running? What impressions? Like, can you give me all your data? Like click through rates, cost per click. Mm -hmm. Like, well, we have a pretty low cost per click. And I was like, okay, great. Like 50 cents. 
And then like, yeah, and we're like running like, you know, 10 ads a month and we're like five bucks a an ad and like, we're not getting any leads. So like, what's wrong with our ads? And this is like a real estate agent where they are getting, you know, their commission could be like anywhere from three to $10,000 on a deal. So if you think about that, like these agents are being conditioned to where it's like get leads for $5. And while that's great as a business owner, if like, if I was able to tell you, like you could get a lead for $5 and close them and make $3,000, like anyone would do that. And it's going to get like super oversaturated at any point. So as you can see, like you obviously have to be smart with your finances. You have to be smart with your marketing dollars and your budget. You don't want to waste, but like, what could you do with a hundred dollars instead of five that like you could test two different ads over a period of a week and just see like what happens, you know, do people react? Do you do lead forms? Like things like that. So I see this point of like, marketing is so accessible um, for business owners that it's a good and bad thing where they almost feel like they're marketing geniuses already. And maybe some of them are, but like, they're not the experts. They're the, they're the good business owners. They know how to run a product. They know how to do their finances, things like that. But when it comes to marketing, like there's so many pieces. So we always see like this fact of sometimes people get ahead of themselves and say like, well, we've done all the testing. Like you said, we have a sample size. Like it's just nothing works on the marketing side. So we need to give up. And it's like, well, you've spent $50 total. Like, what are you actually getting out of $50 that could lead to like a good lead? So I think that's one thing is like having enough of a sample size, having enough of a budget and like really being able to test on the on, on the marketing side. Because as you know, like there's no perfect ad that you launch and then that day you make a million dollars. Like you, you can launch an ad and it'd be successful, but like there's really no like key to success. It's always optimizing. So that's definitely one mistake. I don't, do you see that on, on your side at all? Yeah, I definitely see that, um, you know, especially I started out as a virtual assistant agency and I saw that all the time, especially they were trying to get other VAs to run ads. And I'm like, they're not always the experts either, unless they've like taken courses and you really dedicated. A lot of times I see like Facebook changes so much, especially. And now we have like TikTok ads are getting really popular, even Hulu ads. And I'm like, you have to really be up on the trends and what's changing and how they're, you know, changing everything. And if you're not, if you do like ads, maybe like once or twice a year, it's like, you're not in it and you're not seeing yeah. changes and you're not seeing the changes in the data and how to reflect that. So I definitely, I definitely see your point there. And then um, another thing that I was thinking of was, um, when it comes to marketing, there's so many different strategies, right? I just named three different ad ways that you can do it. Podcasting is a way that you can market your business for lead generation. There's so many different ways and different things you can do. How many should a business owner have and focus on? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it really depends on like what resources you have from like, you know, like a content standpoint. So if we're talking about channels, if we're talking about what business owners can be on things like that, like are, do you have enough time where you can realistically build, you know, five, um, you know, five reels a day for this? Or can you do like, so I think it like really boils down to like, do you have the time and resources to be able to focus on those things and do them well? And that's what we always say is like, you know, now it's like, it used to be like five years ago, like quantity over quality. So it's like Gary, the Gary V model of like, Hey, get content out there, keep moving, things like that. And now it's like, your reach is so low on most organic social posts that like 
how can you build really great content and like, where are your people at? You know, seems like Facebook organic reach is pretty low, but again, sometimes people use that as like a validity point for your business of, you know, are you active? Like for me, I go to a business's Facebook page and they haven't made a post in two years. I'm like, are they still around? Like, are they open? And it's kind of a piece where it like kind of doesn't matter, but it kind of does. But then again, like you have TikTok, but then the big question is like, do you have the resources to do these channels? Well, like how many channels can you do? Where are your customers? And then like, what are you getting out of it at the same time? So, you know, like we've talked about this, like TikTok, it's a great platform, but at the end of the day, like if you go viral, do you have like the systems and processes on your back end to obviously serve those customers? Well, if it leads into business, but then at the same time, like are you going to continue doing TikTok for a year and hope that it generates business? So again, it's, it's kind of crazy because you know, these, like you never know what's going to work. And I think again, it leads back to like that testing, what resources you have, but it's perfect example. I'm terrible at TikTok. Like you could ask anyone on my team, like they, like I have tried TikTok. I'm like trying to do it more. And what's hilarious is like, I've maybe done, let's say 15 TikTok, maybe a little bit more than that. And I got a call from someone that I know from five years ago that they call me and they're like, Hey, we don't really get on TikTok. My daughter sends me TikToks occasionally. They're a business owner. We served your house like five years ago for the service. We need a website. We need some marketing help. Can you help us? And he was like, you keep like your videos keep popping up on TikTok and it's super cool. And it's like, not even that I'm doing that consistent of content, but like somehow, some way it's popping up. So I think it's like, again, it boils down to like, how much infrastructure do you have built on like a resource perspective and things like that? Yeah. And I like to point out, you don't even need social media to really bring in leads. Of course, that is one of the great ways to show you're an expert and bring in leads. I built a six figure business without ever posting on social media before I actually got on social media. And yep. so um, there are so many different ways. I know we have two full-time people that focus on um, marketing and yeah. they focus on two different ways to bring in leads at those times and then they change or they'll do a new stream once they get one pretty much automated and down. Um, so that's kind of what we found to be like our sweet spot, but we had to look at the data and test it. Like we had to like yep. look at, are we, were we able to like completely do these ways of lead generation within those 40 hours? And was it easily manageable? There was a lot of things that we looked like, looked at, at the data of how well our team ran to like really yep. decide on those two streams. So plus the more people you have working on marketing, especially if you hire outsource marketing team, um, the better. They always say, you know, it's just, I think I did marketing for so long. And when I brought in my team, it one, it was such a breath, breath of fresh air that I didn't have to deal with that. But then two was like, I hired people better than me. So yep. they just made their own processes and it was super cool. What are some other things that we should keep in mind when it comes to marketing? So I definitely think there's a piece. So, you know, one of the things that we always advise people that we talk to our clients, like someone I talk to on a daily basis, like one of the things that we look at is like, so obviously combining like this episode, like data, you know, strategy, marketing, like what is the keys of this? And it all leads down to consumer behavior and like, how are you retaining your customers better? Like at the end of the day, like we know it's cheaper to retain a customer than acquire a new customer, things like that. So one of the things that we always recommend is like, um, you know, I, I heard this story from Gary V obviously, um, I'm not, I'm like a huge fan, but I'm also not a huge fan. It's kind of weird, but like, so he tells a story about how a restaurant, you know, he talks about customer behavior, customer retention. And so he gives this example of like, 
how can you, you know, provide a better experience to your rest, you know, to your restaurant? And so he gives this example of a restaurant. Someone comes in the door and it's their first time. They mentioned the, you know, the wait staff, hey, this is our first time at the restaurant. We're very excited to try it, like those types of things. Mid-level restaurant, nothing too fancy, but it's not, you know, Wendy's at the same time. So it's like owned by a business owner. So he talks about like have your team identify that person is new. So when they come around, like when you set them down, give them a red napkin. So like they have a red napkin at their table. Well, their wait staff knows that like the red napkin is a first user. So what happens is the chef comes out after the meal and says, hey, like that's a cue. Like, hey, how was your meal? What did you think? Like, was the food okay? Was it fine? Now that consumer has like this perfect experience where it's like the chef came out. He asked us how our meal was. Like, wow, we were really attended to. Well, then what happens is as they're leaving, you're like, hey, Next time you come in, get a free, you know, birthday cake on us or free piece of pie, things like that. So then it's like they come back and then that piece of pie is like the next piece of the puzzle. Like now that lets you know, like that's their second visit. So what this does is like provides an experience that you can serve your customers to the best of your ability while providing like it to be systematized. So I always encourage people that we talk to is like, how can you find like a red napkin? I, I don't know if that's the exact theory, but like, how can you build a better system and process around serving your customers better? So that's always something that we try to leave with people is like, at the end of the day, you're serving your customer. They're the ones buying. So what can we do to provide a better experience? Because as we know, in the marketing world, there are thousands of providers that do exactly what we do. Maybe a little bit different, maybe the same. But how do we stand out and how do we make a better experience? So I think that like leads to marketing of like, Everything you do channel-wise, everything you do advertising-wise, like you're bringing these people in, but how are you retaining them? So that's always what I like to kind of like focus on is like, how do you build a better customer retention system? That's awesome. It's definitely something, you know, that a lot of people look over because we're always so focused on lead generation, but, um, you know, um, keeping client retention and then referrals are so, so, so important. Um, and definitely there are ways that we can market to them as well. So where can we find more about you and your services? So we have a website that you can do a free consultation. It's goclubcreative.com. It's our name, Club Creative. Um, I always love connecting with people on LinkedIn, Caleb Roach, um, R-O-C-H-E. So if someone wants to talk, obviously we do like no obligation free consultations. If they want to shoot me a DM, things like that. So whatever I can do to help people, I'm always here for. Awesome. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Caleb, for coming on the show. And we'll talk to you guys next time on the Virtual Antics Podcast.